This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us uh, via the telephone this morning is uh, Sean Bolson. And uh, Sean, well, things didn't go the Twins way uh, last night uh, as they were kind of beaten up by the Houston Astros. Uh, they did win a series uh, since we last chatted. You were out in Wyoming hunting last week. And then, uh, you know, at least they ended that streak. Uh, honestly, if they get beat by the Houston Astros, you are losing to the defending World Series champions. It isn't like they're losing a series they should win. But it's still disappointing if they wind up getting pounded again uh, tonight. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But, boy, Houston really beat up on them last night. Yeah, they did, but, you know, I look at it, if we can figure it out tonight, I mean, like, you know, we had talked before, they don't have an ace going. We got Joe Ryan going with our bullpen fully rested. You know, it was nice yesterday, you know, the Maeda, they kept them in uh, to keep our bullpen in tip-top shape. And, you know, my goal would be all of a sudden to have an absolute dandy for baseball with uh, Verlander and Lopez on on Friday night. Yeah, that's right. To be honest, you look back at last Friday and Verlander, you know, in the first inning, and I think we ended up hitting into a double play, but we had him on the ropes. He's not unbeatable. Right. And Lopez right now is as close to unbeatable as they can get. So if we can find a way to get through this, get some timely pitching, I don't think we're going to see anybody go eight innings tonight. But, you know, we have a a rested-up bullpen, and uh, if we can get on top of their guy and and get off uh, early, you know, and, and get a win... I don't rule us out of this series because, you know, a Lopez-Verlander matchup on Friday would be unbelievable. What? How much fun would that be to see? That's for sure. Uh, and Jose Arquiti tonight for Houston, you know, he's struggled this year. He actually has a negative war for the season. That's wins above replacement. And uh, so, you know, they don't have an ace going tonight. The Twins have their chances, but they just haven't hit with guys in scoring positions so far in the playoffs. Uh, outside of Correa, they've kind of struggled in those situations. Hopefully they can relax in those big moments uh, coming up tonight. Royce Lewis was chasing pitches out of the zone. They all were yesterday. They all were chasing balls in the dirt. Uh, from Rikidi, who just had you know some wicked breaking stuff. Not Rikidi, from uh, Javier, who had some wicked breaking stuff. But you know, they need to relax a little, even though they're facing elimination. If they can slow the heart rate down a little bit, despite 40,000-plus fans there, that, that would help because it looked to me like they were pressing last night. Yeah, they were, and you know that's gotten us through a trouble into trouble before. We strike yep. out too much. Yep. We need to put the ball in play, um, and you know at least we're not going against a, a bona fide ace. We've shown that we could do it. Lewis yep. was outstanding against Toronto. Yep, and you know we just need to figure it out. We need to put the ball in play. Like I said, let's get this one tonight and see what uh, game five brings. Yeah, good to get Lewis back in the field, back at third base too, and then you can move Polanco over to second. Makes the infield defense better with Julian moving then uh, to the uh, designated hitter spot. But, um, you know, I felt bad for Sonny Gray. He's had such a terrific season. And if the Twins don't advance past Houston, that's his last start uh, with the Twins. It's too bad he's going to wind up having a bit of a negative memory uh, for potentially his last game with the Twins. He's a free agent. He is going to go into the free agent market. He isn't going to sign uh, with the Twins initially. Doesn't mean they can't sign him. Uh, once he goes into free agency, they certainly still could make him the best offer and bring him back. I just don't know uh, if that's going to happen or not. But 
Um, you know, too bad. I mean, Grace had a great year, but he just wasn't very good yesterday. No, he wasn't. But you look at, you know, crazy things are happening in the playoffs. You look at uh, Baltimore, mm-hmm. hadn't been swept the entire year, and they get swept in the playoffs by the Rangers. Yep. You look at the Dodgers right now, down 2-0. Um, you know, crazy things can happen. Yep. And so uh, I, I'm looking for us to find a way to win tonight and get us to Game 5, and let's watch that pitching matchup. That would be outstanding. Yeah, that would be a terrific Game 5, that's for sure. Uh, boy, the Vikings, he, 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 things aren't looking very good. One and four, uh, four, and now Justin Jefferson onto the uh, injured reserve for the next four weeks. A crucial uh, four weeks for the Vikings. They're, they're staring into the abyss right now, Sean. They need to start picking up some wins. They do. We need to beat the Bears. Uh, the Bears had one good showing. I saw the line was three and a half when they announced J.J.'s uh, injury. It went to three, but uh, we're still a favorite. I still think we can get this one done. We have the daunting task of the Niners after that. Then the schedule gets a bit easier. So you and I talked we could be 2-5 and five come week 7, and if we would beat the Bears and lose to the Niners, that's where we'd be. Yeah. Now the schedule gets easier and you've dug yourself a hole, but you know we're just still making key mistakes at key times, uh, driving down first drive of the game, looking like we're going to, uh, you know, I mean it was the first play, but you get a really nice gain, cough it up, fumble it. You know, we just really struggled in that first quarter. We're going to have to figure that out to uh, to turn this thing around. But I do think we can get by the Bears this week. You know, they had a one-off. They were pretty pumped beating the Redskins. You know, Fields is okay. Um, he's been brutal, you know, most of his career. So I do think we're going to be able to get by them this week. And then we got a tough test with the uh, Niners, who clearly right now are one of the best teams in football. And then, you know, we're on to a better part of our schedule. Yeah, the Niners look to me like the best team, don't they? I mean, they're yeah, just kind of killing everybody. But, yeah, after the Niners game, it's the Packers winnable. At Atlanta, winnable. Home against New Orleans, winnable. At Denver, winnable. Chicago again, winnable. So they they have a chance to go on a run, but does it feel like they're about to go on a big uh, a run to you right now? Well, right now, I mean, you look at how we've lost all these one-score games that we won last year. I mean, we're right there. I, I, I don't have a problem. I think our defense is, is uh, you know, getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm optimistic. You know, I'm not ready to throw the towel in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cousins is playing at a good level. J.J.'s going to hurt. But if you look at uh, getting through the next, you know, four weeks, you got one game that's going to be tough. you got three really winnable games. And, uh, and then you get him back. So, to me, if we could get him back in four weeks, you're through week nine, and you're four and five. At that point, I think we got a chance to grab a, a wild card because I do think Detroit's good enough to walk away with the division right now. But, um, you know, you put yourself in the spot. Get, get to four and five by the time J.J. comes back and see what happens. They have won the last three times they've played in Chicago. That has been a tough spot for them to play uh, in the past, but uh, recent history uh, shows that the Vikings have been beating the Bears even in Chicago uh, over the last few seasons. So hopefully they can do that. Um, you know, uh, for Fields, uh, you know, I have him on my fantasy team, so I do follow him really closely. He played pretty well the last two weeks. Uh, they, they wound up coughing up a lead two weeks ago, but they had a big lead, and he threw three touchdowns, and he threw four, and he hasn't thrown an interception in the last two weeks. So he's going to be somebody that they need to to keep track of. He made some pretty sophisticated throws in their their last victory, I 
I think that their offense is better maybe than their defense is right now. I think the Vikings are going to need to win an offensive game uh, in Chicago this week. I think they're going to have to put up some points. Unfortunately, the Vikings are only averaging about 21, 22 points a game. They need to pump up the offense a little bit, even without Justin Jefferson. I think they're going to need to score more than 21. Yeah, I believe you're right. And you look at Flores, is, uh, you know, since we had that blitz-happy week at like 80%, um, he's been timing them. Uh, we, we're going to need to get pressure on fields. If you can put pressure on them, and contain him, you know, he can be a very inaccurate passer. He's shown us that, you know, over his entire yep. career. Yep. Uh, conditions, um, you know, for a team that's fumbled like we have, uh, it's going to be windy and a bit rainy. Uh, not great conditions for a team that already struggles to hold on to the ball. So, for me, we're going to have to make sure not to turn the ball over, and we're going to have to keep fields in check. And, and, yeah, he's been okay for two games, but the rest of his career, he's been brutal. And so I think we need to make him uncomfortable enough to get him back into that pattern that he seemed to fall into his entire career, a very inaccurate passer who looks to tuck it and run. He's a very athletic runner, so you're going to have to contain him. But, um, I, you know, I, I think the Vikings can, can go in and get this done. Yeah. You know who else has been a little inaccurate, though, this year has been Cousins. He hasn't had quite the same sharpness, it doesn't seem. He admitted as much himself against Kansas City, uh, throwing as many high balls uh, as he did there. Uh, you know, he's having a good season, uh, don't get me wrong, but but uh, he's been not quite as accurate this year as he has in the past. No, he hasn't been. But when it comes down to accuracy and, and getting it done, and you got Cousins and you got uh, Fields, I'm going to take Cousins each time. And so I think everybody would. So I, I just really looked Flores, you know, time your blitzes, mix up your looks, confuse fields, uh, get him out of his rhythm, and, uh, and, and you can make him a very inaccurate quarterback. You know, if the conditions aren't great, we can turn them over. Uh, the key is going to be we're going to just have to hold on to the ball and we can't make the big mistakes. You look at last week, we're driving on our, you know, our very first drive. And we essentially turn the ball over and spot them seven points. You know, you can't do that to good teams. You can't do that to any team in the NFL. You need ball security. And uh, if you don't, you know, come close to winning that turnover battle, you're just not going to win the game. So I think that's going to be a key. So Jefferson is out. That means they're going to count on, uh, you know, uh, K.J. Osborne more, uh, Jordan Addison a lot more. Probably Osborne becomes the number one and Addison becomes the number two, I would guess. But now's the time for hopefully Addison to really step up. He's going to have to. They've got to have other guys uh, step up and replace Jefferson's production, which certainly isn't easy to do since he has more receiving yards than any NFL uh, wide receiver in history to this point in their careers. So that's a lot of production to replace. The run game needs to be better, too, because of that, doesn't it? It does, and I do think you're going to see Hawkinson need to step up, be a bigger part. Um, you know, I, I think you get Hawkinson, uh, you know, six, seven catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. That's what you're going to need from him in the absence of Jefferson. Uh, you know, to see Addison, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and Osborne, to me, he's been okay. He's had some key drops, which uh, a, a bit frustrating. But if you can get some sort of a pass game and get the run game going, and, and uh, you know, the Bears aren't, the Niners, uh, if, if we can put some sort of offensive game plan together and confuse fields on the defensive end, you know, I think we're going to be okay. I, I hope you're right. Uh, how are you feeling about the uh, Flores defense at this point in the season? Well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's a learning experience. It's a growing experience. We've yeah. gone from 
a shell defense with no pressure to, you know, blitzing 82% of the time, you know, three weeks ago. Yep. So it's a, it's a complete different beast we're dealing with now, but it's more exciting. I, I like, you look at, like, uh, you know, Harry, uh, he has been way more involved. He's, you know, coming up to stop the run. He's blitzes. He's got some sacks. He's got some pressures. I think we're using our guys' uh, abilities better, but you can really see on the game, like when Davenport came in and made a difference, uh, we really need some pressure from that D-line. The yeah. D-line needs to get pressure in order to make the rest of it work because when you're a D-lineman and you're, you're going, and if you command a double team, then you're letting these linebackers and safeties that are blitzing free up because, you know, the offensive linemen are, are occupied with the D-line. So the D-line's really got to win the, the war in the trenches in order to take up that offensive line so our, our, our butchers can get through. So, um, you know, I do think uh, I like his style of defense. I'm not positive we have the, uh, you know, defensive tackles to get it done in order to occupy the, the linemen. But as they continue to improve and get better, uh, you know, I think I like the scheme. It's, it's way more exciting to watch them down until defense, watching somebody take a three- and five-step drop and just throw the underneath patterns all the way down the field. So, um, I enjoy it. I think it's uh, it was a good move, and, and I think it's just going to get better. So, are you you're taking the Vikings then to beat the Bears uh, coming up on Sunday? Yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings to beat the Bears. I think it's going to be kind of a, a, a tough weather situation, but I think something like a, a 24-13, something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I, I certainly hope you're uh, correct. They need a win. Uh, worse than ever uh, right now. So the wild season begins tomorrow night. Any plans to take in a, a game or two during the course of the season? No, tomorrow night I think I'm going to make my way back through Rockford and watch my daughter. She only has uh, two volleyball games left. and uh, So I'm going to uh, be in Rockford tomorrow night, and I will probably listen to the wild on the way home uh, from that. I do think it's an exciting you know, time I watched. Uh, hockey last night, Bedard uh, and Sidney Crosby, you know, Bedard are the number one pick for the Blackhawks. They went in and shocked the Penguins last night. And, uh, you know, watch, watching the wild scene, where we're going to grow. I like our goaltending. Uh, we need our younger guys, you know, the Boldy and the Rossi to take a step. Kaprizov, hopefully he brings what he brings. And, and you know, we're, we'll see where we're at. I, I hope we can get to the point where we're not teetering each week on being in the playoffs and out of the playoffs. Um, I think we're a playoff team, um, and, you know, it'll be fun to see. In hockey, uh, you know, unpredictable. We can look at the numbers and say this is what should happen, but at this point I think the Wild are going to be a playoff team, and I think they're going to be an entertaining team to watch this year. Kaprizov named an alternate captain by uh, Everson and the team. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's the if the coach names them or if they vote on the alternate captains or not, or exactly how that works. But it just shows his maturation uh, coming through, and that that his uh, teammates trust him that they want him to wear the A on his jersey. Yeah, and a big deal. He came here. If you remember his first interviews, it was 100 percent interpreters. Yep. He's really learned the language. He's really showing more of his personality. He's a bit of a character. Um, I think, you know, he's going to be a big part of it, obviously, because he's our superstar. Eck is really stepping into a role where he's a leader. Um, you know, I, I, I like what we have going, and, and they're going to be a very fun team to watch. You know who else I think is going to be fun to watch this year is the Timberwolves. You know, last year there was a lot of excuses made for why things didn't work after the Rudy Gobert trade. 
But oftentimes excuses are just stating of facts, like Towns being uh, not healthy in the preseason last year and then getting injured during the year and missing 50 games with a calf strain and, and the team not really getting on the same page at all during the course of the season. And it, and it felt like a failed experiment with Rudy Gobert. But there's more years to go on it. I watched him play in Abu Dhabi against Dallas uh, last week. And they looked really good. Now, I know it's preseason and all, and Dallas isn't a, a very good team. But I'm kind of excited for the Timberwolves this year. I want to see uh, a full use of the, the Gobert, Towns, and Edwards experiment that they wanted to happen last year that never really got off the ground. I think they're going to be a better team this year. Yeah, I think they, could, they can be a decent team. I, I still I struggle with the chemistry. I don't know how all that's going to work. Ant Edwards showed us in the world championships you know i mean he he is an elite high level player um i i don't know i still struggle figuring out how carl anthony towns fits into a team scheme where you know his abilities are to shoot the three he's not a guy who's gonna you know give you a back to the basket in the paint you got gold bear for that i don't know how they work together getting to the hoop um clogging it up does that mean Ant can't get in his lanes to get to the rim? You know, I, I don't know. So it'll be entertaining to watch. I'm not as optimistic about him. Uh, you know, I've, I've never been a Towns guy, and I just, I just think Ant is such a gem and such he's, he can be, you know, one of the top players in the league. Um, and so I really would like to build it around him, which, you know, they can say, hey, we're going to do it. We got this three-headed monster, but – you have Gobert at the rim looking for alley-oops, and he's a good rebounder. You got Ant who can slash, he can shoot it, he's versatile. And then you got this 7-1 guy in Towns who's playing the four or the five, and, and really his strength is shooting the three. So I'll be interested to see how they can make that all come together and mesh, because if it meshes, I think they can be a decent team. Yeah, I, I think they're a playoff team. Honestly, I think they could finish in the top four in the Western Conference this year if, if everything goes right. But that's a big statement. If everything goes yep. right, it didn't go right last year. Uh, so uh, you know they're they're going to be pressed. Uh, I'm I'm honestly pretty optimistic about the Timberwolves this year. We'll see. Maybe my optimism is unfounded just from watching a couple of preseason games. You know, I maybe I'm too easily influenced uh, by the moment. But but I still think they're going to have a a pretty solid year this year. Uh, there, is there any more golf left in the season? I might try and get out today. Yeah, no, I'm, my golf sticks have been put away for about a month, so I'm done. Uh, you're done for the year, huh? Not me, man. I play oh, yeah. right till the I play till the, the snow flies in the fall. No, Caden plays St. Cloud State this weekend at home in their first series, so uh, any any of that's done. I'm I'm heading down. I'm in a hockey season, hunting season. And I'm ready to flip the page on golf. <laughs> All right, very good, Sean. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.